Hey, everybody, it's John. And thanks to everybody who helps us out every week by going to patreon.com slash steal this beer and throwing a couple of bucks away so that we can mail beers to our guests and have some fun conversations resulting from that. So uh, if you're not already, go check it out. It's patreon.com slash steal this beer. Uh, as Cass says, a little bit goes a long way and we appreciate the support. Now, here come the sirens. Steal This Beer, a candid weekly discussion about beer, over beer, by a couple of guys that think about beer way too much. All right. Hey, y'all. It is five o'clock on Monday and we are stealing beer. I'm Augie Carton. Hey, I'm John Hall, and I'm rocking around the Christmas tree. Uh, John Hall rocking around the Christmas tree. John Hall, is this you giving me the gentle note that in the future it's Christmas for this show? No, not for this show. Okay. I think that's a, a few shows out, but okay. uh, minutes, mere minutes, seconds even, before we started recording this particular episode mm-hmm. on a uh, Sunday at noon, I uh, I was I was upstairs with the family, and we we were we were decorating the tree. It was great. That's... And now I'm here with with you. So, the only reason that I would break away from family for this show is because of our accomplice today. Oh, so I guess that's my segue into introducing Jess. Yes. Okay. So our accomplice is yours, Jess Infante of Brewbound. Thanks for joining us, Jess. How are you feeling? Oh my, thanks for having me. I feel great and I feel very behind in my Christmas decorating. So... <sighs> Uh, kudos to the Hall family for getting it's, after that. It's mostly having a five-year-old where replace, you know, a, the old trope of being on a road trip and are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? The entire last week has been, can we decorate the tree? Can we decorate the tree? Can we decorate mm. the tree? And finally this morning we were both like, yes, fine. Yes. Go get the ornaments. <laughs> we're going to decorate the tree. Yeah. So <laughs> it was real. It was really one of those. And then um, this is one of those weird seasons where Thanksgiving was five or six weeks away instead of four or five weeks away because we try to be super good about it with the kids where it's like all right so we'll grab the tree the sunday after thanksgiving decorate it and we'll make sure it's gone by january 2nd and this year it was like <laughs> it's way too fucking early for a tree it's still last week in november and we still yeah. haven't got a tree yet because we didn't do it the day we have to do it yeah anyway yeah. all right so uh, yeah I, so like, I, got, I got nothing I have two I, I, batches of cookies in progress, but that's all I can ooh, say for what kind holiday of, what kind, prep. What kind of cookies? Are these what the pillberry or do you do you do from scratch? No, I do and from can, scratch. Can we expect an article about pairing beer to Christmas cookies? Absolutely not. No. Thank you. No, that's Thank not you what being, that's, that's Thank not you for what being somebody does. I can trust. <laughs> so this yeah, morning, I mean, not yeah. to sidetrack the conversation, but since you are a journalist, writer, and we expect you to be here, I woke up this morning to a capture of wine advocate or one of the wine one of the wine magazines doing wine pairings with candy canes and since hall and i traditionally make fun of the beer with halloween candy thing he has yeah. to do every year nope i've like, never i've never done beer oh, and the halloween valentine's candy. chocolate and i did that but i also did that that was a complete tongue-in-cheek that was Get okay. the five pound. Look, look, look. I'm not attacking you. I just no, no, saw no. this and no, put that was on my... the Silver Spear page today, knowing you were coming on, Jess. Like Paul Kennedy and everybody who identifies as a beer reporter writer, don't you fucking dare. And it's just wines that go with candy canes. I like different flavors of candy canes. Like, I'm not trying to justify no, this. No. One this is fucking, fucking stupid. No, they, they... one fucking candy cane. And it is such the a traditional. reach. It's yeah. like somebody paid one of the, you know, those bullshit bots everybody's fucking around with these days because yeah. they also picked bad pairings so like, oh, minty pinotage. So it's like, you know, tertiary grapes, no specific wine, no nothing to it. it it's it's fucking horrible. But it was so clear. Like somebody's like, I, I, I hey. will I will point out that it it is actually from wine enthusiasts of which I am involved with, uh, <laughs> but Christ. not but not this particular. I they don't allow me on the wine side of things, which is well, which they is should fortunate. kill whoever's on the uh, wine side of things. That is fucking embarrassing as but fuck because it's my, a complete my favorite misunderstanding ingredient. of pairing. 
my favorite ingredient that they put in from the traditional uh, red and white candy cane was menthol. Uh, <laughs> they went for mint and then they also went for menthol. They and... went for mint and menthol and somehow linked mint to menthol, right? There's a thing where they're like, pine, menthol and pine share a alphacid or some kind of, you know, is menthol one call... of those no-no ingredients by the TTB to put I in? I can't imagine. I, so... So, all right, let's let's change. Yes, you would know. And Jess, if you have any input on this, I want to hear it. But I had a guy randomly shoot me one of those. What do you call them when they hit you on the side of one of the Facebooks, like a DM? So he DM me. He's like, "Hey," and it's like eleven thirty on Sunday morning. And he's like, "Hey, I'm down at uh, this bar drinking this beer of yours, and I'm having a violent allergic reaction, just like I have when I drink Zima or whatever." Oh, and. And I'm wondering if you can tell me what it is. And the funny part is of all my fucking beers, it is a straight up just, you know, pretty basic, hazy Conan three hops, four ingredient beer. And I had to write back. I'm like, well, dude, I get what you're saying. Cause every now and then when I'm drinking too much, I have a histamine attack too. And at 1130 in the morning on a Sunday, if you're that deep into Imperial IPA, I'm guessing the little pollen bloom that happened on a 65 degree September day might've, might have got you a little sideways now that you've opened up all your histamines. So when John says, can you put menthol in a beer? I was like, I'm going to make this motherfucker sneeze. <laughs> but like, does what? he know what enzyme he's allergic to? Because that's weird. He's allergic to being awesomeness. drunk during a pollen. Awesomeness. Bloom. He's allergic like it to happens awesomeness. So if, if you're somebody who has like a dust mold, tree pollen, any of those allergies, and you don't know that there's a certain level of your drinking where you have a sneezing fit you know if you combine the relaxed histamine situation of being warmly buzzed and being exposed to one of your allergens for me it can even be somebody's cologne like if you're like something's wrong with the beer instead of oh I got drunk on a pollen day or oh I got drunk and walked into DJs in 1978 <laughs> and somebody had Dracar on. Um, that's it. All right, Jess. So let's talk about DJs in 1978 because <laughs> yeah. you're a Jersey girl. Can I tell you something embarrassing about Hunkabunka? Absolutely. That's why I've... we're here. So, John, I was just talking about Hunkabunka earlier this week. Are you in my head? <gasps> but no, I've never been to DJs. God bless you. Yeah, right. Oh. I'm not really Wait, sure so how that you've happened. You've never ironed up your your tank top, thrown it on, oiled up your your skin, and run down to DJs for some Zima Golds. Never with the boys. I mean, come on. Never. I know it's embarrassing. No, it's not. No, I no used, that's. I, that's I used to have VIP cards to Bamboo Hemingways, the Surf Club. <laughs> They've never gone to DJs. So for those no. of you thieves who are in places like Sweden. We're talking about if you've ever seen that Jersey Shore TV show, we are talking about the club that group of people would go to for different five-year slices over the last 40 years. Yeah. So it's a moving target. So what's yeah. funny is I've never been really been a DJ's car, except for there was a YouTube video that came out about eight or nine years ago of a guy clearly rolling hard on ecstasy in his Volkswagen on his way to DJ's screaming that you got to be dancing. You got to be moving. You got to be shaking your ass going to DJ's in my car. B-E-L-M-A-R. So it's my favorite trope to hit for those jokes. But I was a, a bar lot a to guy. unpack there. I was oh, a bar, bar a guy. I was never a bar DJ anticipation. Guy. Yeah. I loved bar a. Like yeah. if on a Monday night for all of the 90s. That was yeah. that was that was quality, quality. quality. What was the Jaeger. there was always like a reunion weekend or something like that that uh my then girlfriend, now wife would insist on <gasps> going to. Oh, um, I had no idea that I had this oh. this hole to dig with April. Oh yeah. man, she's got bar it's like, history. It's like maybe yeah, we played volleyball against each it's other. It's like Seton Hall is going to to bar A this weekend. Everybody, you know, everybody go. And it was just you know, like me in a blazer being oh, annoyed about. I can see there. this perfectly. Bow tie blazer? Bow tie blazer? No, it's down the shore, summer casual. But, you know, it was, uh, so you know, it was my work blazer because it was before Labor Day. So, um, no. did you post up by the shot wheel? <laughs> I probably partook in, in that once or twice. At some point, 
when we would do these bar a runs i would go basically kicking and screaming and then i would go and look at everybody with and including the people that i was with with absolute seething hatred and derision and then seven shots of rubble exactly and then at some point somebody was like (laughs) goldschlager and i was like sure why not like and then and and now you're on the stage shirt off this is the greatest sunday afternoon of my life (laughs) and yeah bar anticipation now is this like a seton hall university or seton hall prep reunion no it was was, was a university thing i don't i don't really uh she thought she was talking to me when you only make it through grade school job that's the reunions you have to appreciate (laughs) (laughs) if if the age cutoff for beat the clock night weren't like 27 i would go in a heartbeat but that's uh that's a good time all right so we have I brought you out here to talk about the state of journalism at the end of 2022. No. And instead, oh, we're, talking about, we're talking about Hall singing Don't Call Me Daughter with a shirt off. Anyway, um, there is right, so there's some remixes to class, some Counting I'm Crows songs. I'm going to use to segue us back to where we need to get. What brings us together on Seal This Beer is a candid conversation of beer. <laughs> what it's doing, not what we thought it would do. Uh, how we're enjoying it, not how we enjoyed getting it and where we would drink it if we had it in our regular life. And I got to tell you, I can't tell if I'm happy or sad, John Hall, and you can back me up on this. This bottle in its foil had yeah. me 100% sure I was drinking a Sri Lanka. Oh, well. It's the bottle shape, it's that right? bottle, but yeah. <laughs> then I poured it, smelled it, tasted it, and I was a There's little no let down that I wasn't. Like, I was afraid to start first thing in the morning with an all-the-way-in Schlenker Martzen type. And Kennedy definitely would have set that booby trap for the rest of our day of tasting. But this is a lovely light. The only real tasting note I'd give on it is, you know, that when we when I talk about like the Concord grape ester that Mm -hmm. some fermentations give, it's got that in a lovely, clean kind of sweet lagery way. So, yeah, I'm very happy with this. It's a good first thing in the morning beer. And I'm happy to leave it there. What about you, buddy? This is a nice um, eye opener. Um, I I have found myself, I poured into the glass originally and I found myself just holding this bottle by the neck uh, as it's sitting on my desk here. And this is just one of those ones where I feel like I want to be walking around the yard, just sipping out of this. Like this is a straight from the bottle. I, this, this does not need a glass. Um, sweet malt characteristic. Yeah. It's uh, particularly sweet for me. I don't know yeah. that I would. I would drink this all day. And there's a little bit of green I'm not apple. Saying all day, What's the green yeah. apple defect? Acetylaldehyde. So there's a little bit of acetylaldehyde into it, but not in a bad way. Um, in a, oh, that's kind of fun way. Um, there's a. But there's I wouldn't a, walk around the yard drinking this. I would taste this with you. At, yeah. What's that thing you do where they judge art? Great American Beer Fest. I would drink this with the Great American Beer Fest and give it a three and move on. Okay. Um there's a melony kind of hop uh, on the back, on the very, very back end that I'm that I'm kind of digging. It's not quite. What's that? What's that green melon that shows up in fruit salad that has no real purpose aside from? Are you talking about honeydew? Is that what that is? Okay. Yeah. Um, a good honeydew I, will break your heart. The problem but, is you've never had one in France. Nope. No, no, I sure haven't. But when I get um, you to France, I'm going to feed you melon and you're going to be like, fuck American melon. It's going to happen. Okay. Um, there's a little bit of that of the American melon on the back end. Um, Jess, what about you? What What is this beer doing for you in your uh, Lavalette party black plastic glass? <laughs> so I everything you guys are saying, a lot of like green melon fruitiness, which is surprising, uh, definitely in the nose. It finishes sweeter than I would like it to. Um, but yeah. all in all, like I'm not mad about this beer. Yeah, no, it's a lovely no. first thing in the morning. Like it's it, this so, is a this is a nice I'm not saying I would drink this all day, but this is a really nice way of easing into like I, I you know, it's we're 45 minutes well, from the first kickoff of the day. Like this is right. So so I guess you know what's in the note. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, 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 you know what me. Oh, but hardly. You know what's in the nose here? Circus peanut. Ooh, which is something banana. Banana. like I feel like they teach it and then I've never really smelled it. And I do smell really? a little banana. Oh, that's a big Augie thing. I've never me. I've that's... never gotten circus peanut. I get banana all circus the time. Circus peanut is banana. Really? 
That's the yeah. flavor of a circus peanut. It's right. So it's right. When you're tasting beers, there's that Belgian phenolic that is banana and clove. And then it's you German. lean into things like circus peanut at a certain sugar level, devoid of the clove aspect of that. You know what I mean? But but every time you talk about the uh what's the pink gum that comes wrapped like a Tootsie roll? Bazooka. The, no, the other one. Hubba Bubba. No, dude, come I, on. You're not even it, trying here. I'm not. I'm really not. It's, what's bubble uh, yum? Is that bubble yum? No, that's that comes in a square pack. Mm. And and by the way, bazooka's wrapped like a present. The one that you pull the sides and it's a pink kind of I know exactly what you're talking about. So that's that's a banana flavor. Peanut circus peanuts are a banana flavor and runs are a banana flavor. And basically when you're getting those notes, you're just it's the perceived sweetness that's changing on you for the same aromas. And then when you add the clove in, you move into like banana bread and all that shit. Um, but it's, yeah, it's how your tongue is experiencing the sweetness and what your nose is doing with those notes that, that push you around like that, which is interesting. Cause I think I've got a lager ferment here. I don't have any Belgian character. Um, no, no, no. I like the, I like the note. Yeah. Um, but so what was I going to say? There was something about this thing that had me, Oh, so you know what it ends up? So you know what I get in trouble for a ton when I talk about beer and what I'm trying to do with beer is I say words that are flavors, meaning nuance and subtlety, and people then look for those flavors, don't get them and get mad at me. This one actually all into me on a Sunday morning right before noon or right around noon has all the flavor aspects of like a Prosecco Bellini, like a green apple puree in Prosecco you know, Cipriani Bellini. And it does all that without tasting anything like that. You know what I mean? Like it's got a pretty clean ferment with a sweetness with that little bit of green apple. And then the circus peanut slash grape thing I'm getting all together. Like it's, if you said, all right, it's 11 o'clock, this beer tastes like a Bellini, drink it. I'd be like, that's perfect. Thank you. Does that make any sense? sure oh come on john where's your heart where's your soul where's your love of where's your joie de vivre john um i i haven't had melon in france yet so i haven't experienced <laughs> the full joy of it, life you're gonna but, get yeah. so mad it breaks your heart okay Ser serving unripe fruit should be punishable by death Okay, let's do the reveal. Hey, uh, all right, what is it, Cass Diddy? You guys are drinking Hop Brow Hellas. Hop no. Brow? Hop Brow. H O P P E. Uh, all right, I've brow. opened it now. It's definitely not Sri Lanka. It's a Hellas. What's it um, say? I can't read here. it. Hellas, uh, Pilsner Mold, Hallertau, um, Herzbrocker. Fermentation, long storage at one degree Celsius. We guarantee this beer will sit in the tank for six weeks. I, I translated. Is I it German? It is German. Yeah, I had to translate the stuff on 4. the website. 9. I So there's a best before date on the back. Of two years ago? No. Hmm. Do, Jess, are you seeing this date? Oh, I am seeing it. And I don't I, know what the fuck I it don't says. Have, so it's 26, 27, 22, which... Even if you were doing the, the European thing, it would be the 26th day of the 27th month of 2022. I'm, I'm super confused by this. It's it, not like it Julian Jewel? dating. It's I not don't, Jewel. No. It's not. <laughs> All right. Well, look um, up German Julian and see what comes. Nope. Nope. That's a trap. <laughs> that's a trap. That gets my internet shut down. You know, I used to get you to fall for that one. <laughs> So Jess, as shaking off everything we've said, shaking off all our notes, hells, is this jibing for you with what you expect from a hells? Yeah, pretty. I no, it's a little bit sweeter than I would want it to be. Yeah, you know, like like the the crackery, almost biscuity notes are there up front, but the finish doesn't have that like cleansing bite that I would like from one of these guys. And I'm going to ask you guys to to put on your abstract eyes. I've now unwrapped it. I'm looking at the label. I know yeah, it's your, not what, a pile of What's your of best pops. by date? 
No, I can't. You know, I can't read anything that small. I the only thing I can read on this label is Hofbrau Hells, Hopbrow Hells. But am I wrong that that green abstraction on the neck and bottom suggests hops? And I got no hops in this beer at all. No. But Did you? if it's no, but if it's a, a, a authentic German brewery, which it's saying that it is, it's not going to have that level of hoppiness that we named come it to expect in the brow. And sure. like I said, this the art, although it's not specifically hops, to me suggests it's built on a pile of hops. Just you see what I'm saying here? I see what you're saying, but the the artistic element here reminds me of like the Green Mountains in Vermont. Yeah. Ah. Which I guess is why the minute I opened it, I said, is it German? Um, <laughs> the sweetness on this is for a house. This is take it is, but it's taking me back to some of the very earliest iterations of Maui Brewing's Bikini Blonde Lager, which was a house, but was super on the sweet side. And I don't know. It. I haven't had, I, I haven't it. had that beer in. That is a years, reference. Seven I years. don't understand. Okay. All but right, so Jess, let's talk about the that. state of 2022 beer writing, beer journalism, brew bound, where you've been, where you're going, what you're feeling, what you want to do, what you wish you had done that you didn't do, what you're wow. proud you did do, all that shit. Yeah, oh my we, we your, and you have and you have 45 seconds, 45 seconds to answer. 15 minutes with just bullshit. So it's time to focus. First Pick of all, any one of those questions, first start of all. answering. Bringing up Barre and Hunkabunka is not a frivolous waste of time. I feel like you, you, your youth here bothers me, Hawk, because you don't understand the difference. Hunkabunka was a place to see good up-and-coming bands, yeah. and Barre was a place to forget what you did. The two should not exist in the same sentence if you've been to both. Uh-huh. Anyway, stop sidetracking us. Jess, 18 so... questions there for you. Pick one and start. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. Well, let's see. So this year, I think for the beer industry was fucking weird, right? Like I think we all, and I'm sorry, I'm super profane. I'll try not to be. It doesn't fucking uh, matter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't think you fucking cared. <laughs> so can't be, can't be fucking bothered to be honest. <laughs> the reason, like, I think everybody kind of thought, like I was looking through my, uh, my time hop, you know, that app that shows you like what you posted on this app this day, however many years ago. And usually it just makes me be like, Oh, oh wow. I was really skinny back then, but Today I was going through <laughs> fucking beer journalism, <laughs> right? I saw some tweets from like, you know, this week, last year, where I think I was covering like a, a Bart Watson webinar. Uh, Bart is the chief economist for the Brewers Association. He is the keeper of all the, the data. He's guy. A... The mullet guy. No, no that's, that's Paul, Paul Gaza. Gaza. God damn it. But they're if you colleagues. say if you say a name and the Brewers Association and it's not the mullet guy, everybody that comes on the show should say not the mullet guy, Augie, before I ask. No, we don't. <laughs> Poor Jess so, has been trying to she's gotten well over her allotted time to answer your 18 questions. Question. Yeah. yeah. So so Bart was saying that, you know, this time last year, people were all like, well, we think 2022 is going to be the year that like beer will really get back on track. And that did not happen. So not for me. No, like shit's weird. The reason that I was thinking of Hunkabunka the other day was because I had covered uh, Nielsen IQ webinar where they talked about all the different, um, you just like, you know, they do on-premise, they do off-premise and they were covering, you know, the number of on-premise outlets. And we still haven't gotten back to the number of drinking establishments that there were in 2019. But premium nightclubs are down to like fewer than 200. Now, I don't know if Hunkabunka belonged in that subset, Probably not nationally or New Jersey nationally. <laughs> okay. Not nationally, but in New Jersey. Fuck. Yeah. Go on. <laughs> like, is, I don't know. Like that felt weird to me. Like how have we lost this many premium nightclubs? And I don't, I don't, I assume that's not a problem for beer. I can't see too many, particularly craft brewers being concerned about having fewer, you know, premium nightclubs to sell their stuff. No, so. the answer to your question is we need more fentanyl test strips. Premium yeah. nightclubs entirely depend yeah. on safe drugs, and there's no safe drugs in the world. Oh, I so, hadn't even thought about that. What a great yeah, point. That's, that's all there is to that. I mean, despite what my you know history of VIP card holding indicates, I'm really not one for the clubs. So, uh, so I, I will tell you, having been an '80s Donahue club kid, 
Um, if you remember in the height of the beginning of the HIV epidemic, really smart places just started putting bowls of condoms everywhere in every part in the world where people would go out to and drink too much. They should replace those right now with fentanyl test strips because all of the people that do hard drugs are afraid to go out to clubs like that. I mean, or you could just add a second bowl. You can do both. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying. Like, okay, that, no, let's I'm not kidding. Based on what you just said, that's no, my I've... first reaction. You you heard the people who like do journalism got very quiet when you said the very important thing, right? There was no <laughs> snarky follow up by me. Or, yeah, I don't know, like anything. Dude, I, I just I, I I just like humans. You're right, and I know all kinds. Anyway, let's okay. keep moving on because that that is interesting. But you're right, that affects Grey Goose, Ciroc, and mm -hmm. Absolute, right? And and I guess yeah. Dom Perignon, but not us. I That's mean, fucking they... LVMH. I'm sure of it maybe Heineken, but um, yeah. So what was interesting to me in that webinar is that they, sh and I had never seen this stat before and it kind of blew my mind a little, but 55% of beer category dollars are spent in the on-premise, or at least they were in this past year. Uh, and only 45 are in the off-premise, which is funny because John, I know you don't necessarily have to like swim through numbers as much as I do and, and right. God bless but you I, for but, it. Cause... No, but I read, but I read them, but yeah. Yeah. Not not at the level that you do, but it's, you know, I will point out that like in the whole beer journalism thing, there there's what uh, Jessica does at at at, at Brewbound. Uh, there's what Chris Shepard does at Beer Marketers Insights. Um, those are you know you like you guys are the folks who make these numbers digestible for the majority of you know folks who you, care you about other this or guys who should care about this. Yeah, yeah, and it's terrifying because I went to Catholic school for 14 years and I'm terrible at math. I was, but... was going <laughs> to yeah, say, not, not <laughs> a place to learn your basic sciences and maths. No, um... not in the least. <laughs> but... Especially Jersey Catholic schools. Jesus. Oh God. <laughs> Father so, plus like... son equals Holy Spirit. What kind of algebra is this? <laughs> yeah. There's three, but it's one minus two plus. Uh, like anyway, so, like, I definitely not go down that road. No, like <laughs> I have not, two, yeah. I have two younger brothers. Me and uh, younger brother one went K to eight at the same school, and my brothers moved younger brother two to another school for seventh and eighth. And he's yeah. a, a legitimate scientist. He is a geologist by trade. So clearly, that was a good move. Yeah, because uh, nice. yeah. that's when you do all your learning at seventh and eighth. No matter what anybody tells you about anything, you do all your learning in seventh yeah. and eighth. And then, then right before just the hormones stopped. take over. Um, yeah, so anyway, it's wild so, to me that off-premise is only 45% of all of the dollars, so but here, that's like really what we know and measure and well, analyze. Here's, what I can, here's this, the personal things I can add to what you're thinking. I, I can't figure my way out of my current problems with what I think you're describing here. But so, you know, Carton opens in 2011 when the taproom model was not acceptable. So we opened a, what we consider a reasonable kind of experimental size for selling beer to bars and restaurants in New Jersey. And the focus was always on, you know, getting a handle in a cool bar and selling them kegs of beer and then you know everything else kind of supported that mission but that was when you knew you were safe if, if the neighborhood bars of new jersey um sold your beer you were always going to be fine because everybody that goes out drinks four or five pints of beer and if it's your beer times the most densely populated state you're safe and then you get to the point or we got to the point where like 55 percent of our sales were kegs of beer and bars and then 2020 made bars illegal Mm -hmm. right so it's like well there goes half your sales for at least six months and it's like what do you do now you know what i mean and then as everything's coming back the inflation i'm not going to tell the story again but the inflation is making it that people drink spend less dollars on beer because they are forced to spend more dollars on food in those same places and then at least in our state you've got a state that's encouraging the complete abolishment of the neighborhood pub in the interest of the jug handle national franchise in the way they've built our liquor license laws. So I think you're right that, that it's a shocking number of on-premise, but, but how, like, does anybody still want to go to a pub, drink four beers and have a rousing discussion about anything? Like 
is there any numbers coming out of the World Cup that says people were in bars drinking? You know what I mean? Like, is there any bright light for what is traditional pub experience? Because that's there should what be we some Nielsen numbers see, for the right? first for at least the first rounds of World Cup at this point. Yeah. But, so uh, and, you know, but Jess, your feeling on that? Are you seeing anything that's like, oh, that's you know, because because the pub experience has almost been abolished in New Jersey through a confluence of mistakes by our government. All right, let's but, let the reporter answer. No, but that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Are you seeing any signs of, oh, that's what people used to do and they're doing it again? So they are starting to do that a little bit. Um, if you, so Nielsen acquired CGA, which is an on-premise data firm over the summer. So they've, and they'd always worked together, but now they're, they're married. So, you know, sports bars are 12.8% of all drinking establishments, you know, in the 52 weeks that ended October 8th, which was this particular data set. Uh, they had the highest year-over-year growth for any on-premise category at 4.5% increase in sales. So I think that's probably a, a small but bright light. Or, yeah, you I know, that, at, that speaks to me. Thank you. You're welcome. Neighborhood bars are the vast majority of drinking-centric establishments. There's almost 75%. Uh, and they grew 3.5%. So that's pretty good, too. Can I ask you a question? Sure. When you say that, that is actually Applebee's branding. Do they get to get counted in that? No. So okay. uh, see, they are the neighborhood bar. All right. Just but you know what I'm saying? Like when you say that, I'm afraid that 3.8% is yards of Coors Light with, you know, fajitas. No, and, <laughs> and that's an excellent question. And Tell you're right you've to be never been concerned. to Applebee's without telling me you've never been to Applebee's. <laughs> Do they serve yards of Coors Light? Isn't Applebee's? Applebee's the place they that serve has fajitas? the oversized Pilsner option? <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. I thought that was Chili's. Um, every single time you've had overcooked chicken with vegetables on a plate, it's a fajita. Anyway, okay. moving on. Hey, really quick though. No, I know wait, wait. She didn't answer my question. question. I, I didn't answer your question. So CGA segre segregates this stuff out to food centric places versus drinking centric places. So Applebee's would fall under the casual dining segment uh, in the food centric places. That too is almost 75% and they were up 2.3%. But okay. casual dining includes a whole bunch of, of things, you know, like that's not just the chains. It could be local, like family centric restaurants. Right. All right. So speaking of casual dining, I, I was laughing a minute ago and, and we have to talk about beer number two because I'm imagining that there is a pretty high ABV to this because I'm feeling yeah. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling this no is pain. the this is the point where I point out that today is Mrs. Carton's birthday, and I oh, just broke happy out birthday, for two Mrs. hours, Carton. two hours to hang out with you guys before I go celebrate her birthday. It is with the all best gift that you can give her. And I said two I said, hours of peace from you. I said, God damn it! If Kennedy does what he's been doing, yeah. I'm going to walk out of here well ahead of everybody we're meeting for drinks in two hours. Okay, and then the first beer I got away with, I opened this and I was like, Well, there you go. There you go. He's going to be warm Augie for the party. Speaking of casual <laughs> dining, okay, I just for fun, and I had no idea that Starland Ballroom was now actually Hunkabunka. This is like how out of touch I am with things. But uh, Bar A has its own website, which of course they do, um, with a very nice logo that says established 1981, where summer never ends. And then they have a menu on here that is just filled with the most ridiculous things that you would never think about getting at Bar A, including... The fresh made house soups, including the chef's daily selection. Surf and turf? <laughs> a daily soup. Wow. I'm going to bar A. What's your soup today? I can't imagine it's a sentence that's ever been uttered. But so everybody chef. has a everybody has a different name for the bar mat slash bar rag shot that <laughs> idiots will do when they're nineteen. Yes, it's the chef soup of the day. And I feel like that might be Barre's. Uh if you needed <laughs> to know what was I, I mostly went to see what was on their beer list, which they don't have published, but on their printed menu of which you can download the PDF of. Uh, they have the logos for Landshark, Bud Light, Bud Light Seltzer, Stella Artois, Goose IPA, and Kona. So, so that just means short points it's a, it's, for that. It's a bud house. That's, that's, that's yeah. No, that's, so you, is that a bud house? I thought that was short points. I thought that was Miller well, Coors. It's all bud product. Right. So then all it's Christine Page. Sorry. So then yeah, you go down short points, Molson Coors. 
they have a lot yeah. of wings and they have some salads and they have some burgers. And then as you go scrolling down on the bar a menu web uh, website page, they have the just for kids section. Bar oh. has a children's menu section on here. Cheeseburger, grilled cheese, cheese pizza, and chicken fingers, hot dogs, and then spiral pasta with marinara. And everything is served with either with soda, french fries, vanilla ice cream. So I, I feel <laughs> like you're joking. And I also feel like this is where Hannah's seventh birthday is going to be. Probably. You could tie it into the 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 scene. What I home what day. I love the, what I love though what I butter love, noodles though, for everybody. Is that and most places with the kids menu, sharks. most places with the kids menu will offer milk or an apple juice. Barre is just straight up offering soda. It's just yep. like here's more sugar. Bar, let, let's not yeah. pretend any, but like again, I love Barre. There's been a I lot of children conceived at Barre. Bar but yeah. my problem is in my imagination, I can't visualize the place you sit down at barre <laughs> like in my vision of barre you're watching you're on the band. dance floor you're in watching one hand, a band in one hand dancing. is a dixie is, is a is yeah, a dixie yeah. bowl filled with the, the chef's daily soup like and I, then your but, spoon but, is in the I other be clear here this is my fond memories of barre like i never remember being able to sit down at barre and i've been at barre ten thousand times anyway I'm, I'm fairly wings. confident. I'm not I'm against the standing confident. wing. I think I'm picturing that we the front have... bar. I'm picturing shots with the band at the front bar, and I don't even think there's stools there. Jess, here, here's here's what I'm going to say. Uh, we're going to get Justin on this, and we're going to do our version of the summer concert series at Bar A, uh, summer of 23. Uh, Justin's going to book us a bunch of dates at Bar A where we're going to do live audience podcasts from Bar A. Only if you come down. And yeah. sit I in am with us on every episode. 5,000%. We okay. bring your black. But, but, <laughs> but all of us, in addition to the two black glasses, we also have to go through the chef's soup of the day and see if we can oh, identify yeah. it. Oh, yeah. yes. And when you and I are eating the <laughs> acorn squash soup with a creme fraiche drizzle, we're definitely getting haul a bar rag shot what is, for sure. Wait, is this a lobster bisque? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> So what if they have the best soup? What if, what if your July. life has changed? What if we're at bar eight at like 11 a.m. and I'm like, we'll take the soup of the day. It comes out and you're like, oh my God, this is the most lovely consomme I've ever put to my lips. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew? Hey, so um, before I have any more bad ideas, let's right, talk let's about, talk beer, about too. beer too because it's clearly giving us bad ideas. Um, it's Just nice thinks they're good ideas. It's a nice tight... I'm here You're for encouraging it. bad behavior, Jess. Mm -hmm. Encouraging bad behavior. Wait, um, and we we call the bar rag shot the Jersey Turnpike shot. And I feel bad so, about that because it's oh, I've never heard that before. Oh, it denigrates our people, but it does. So the other well, thing, I, well, turnpike I mean turnpike shot. people. Turnpike people. Yeah, no, the turnpike is the lesser of the two roads, but yeah, easily. I mean, it's not like you're making fun of the more respectable parkway commuters. That is anyway. true. We, of, the Swedish, of we've whom lost I would count myself as fans, guys. Yeah. Nobody, nobody, nobody's keeping up with these tight jersey references. We are in our 15th Tim minute Hitchens of our 10 minute set. Um, yeah, but Tim Hitchens is a turnpike commuter, so he's definitely mad at us right now. Um, what was the comedy club in Princeton? I was going to say tight five for the comedy store, but what was the old comedy club in Princeton? I don't even remember the name of the comedy club. I worked at when it was Redheads. Okay. Um, anyway, so. So it's a nice tight barrel aged porter. Yeah. It's lovely. Why are you saying it's porter clean. over stout? Because it doesn't feel chocolate enough to me. The chocolate part oh. feels Hershey syrup. It just feels the, the chocolate part feels Hershey syrup, not cocoa nib. Yeah. And I'm blaming that on the body. Not blaming. I'm ascribing that to see what happens when I drink barrel aged shit i'm yeah. ascribing that to the body of the beer not the amount of chocolate of what it is but you know what i mean it's just the finish on it feels a little more yoohoo and a little less hot chocolate and for me that's a little more porter a little less stout just okay. feelings yeah. on, on, mm, on what mm, you're drinking mm. slash what we're saying yep yep so the mid palate i feel like is a little syrupy um it feels a little thick but it doesn't finish that way which is interesting um I do kind of get more like dark cocoa powder, but I also just put together a batch of, of chocolate shortbread cookies. So that could be in my head. 
John, your next article is writing itself. Anyway, go on. Um, Five beers to pair with your chocolate shortbread cookies. <laughs> uh, I will send you a batch. Um, this, I don't think I could drink more than like three ounces of. Really? Oh. Yeah. So that's, I think that's why this my is where head I missed doing the show in person because that can would yeah. just make its way down to us. Yeah, I'm we sorry. would. I think John and I would live here for a while. This is the kind of thing that sneaks up on us because. So these are the kind of flavors that when they're overdone, John and I just completely reject. So but, can I talk about that for a second, though, of but, the overdone? But, but in here where it's like, wait, it's a little too bourbony. Maybe it isn't. It's a little too chocolatey. Maybe it isn't. Getting to whether it is or isn't is the 16 ounces that then lock us into bad decisions for the next 72 hours. You know what I mean? Like this beer is kind of a, an enigma that would make us chase questions right into drunkenness is that yeah. john what's your feeling yeah that no sense? that's so that's the thing there is there is a middle of the roadness about this beer that is fun for me where it is not the barrels that were used either had you know just a little bit of life left in them or you know it's been blended so much that there is a sort of a vanillaness to it where this is like, you know, this is a barrel aged insert your dark ale of choice here kind of thing. Um, okay. But there are some other layers to it. And that's sort of the fun thing where it's not a huge kick of bourbon or wow, I'm looking for, uh, you know, I'm looking for the base beer among all the the hot whiskey uh -huh. notes or anything like that. So it's just, it's a fun, this is a, a, a barrel aged beer that is built for conversation. Yeah. So Jess, I guess. I guess what I think I mean here is it still feels like the beer comes before the treatments, which I think is a thing that makes me keep thinking. Do you know what I mean? Whereas mm -hmm. that oddly, that makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. So it's like, it's not, not like, helping. Oh, and there's the marshmallow. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, it doesn't have any of that stuff. And right, I also, but it, like, but it does I just kind of a marshmallow flavor, right? There's well, a little, a little bit, bit of vanilla sweetness, which is why people started putting marshmallows in shit, right? I think when you do this, I'm thinking this is a four ingredient beer in a good barrel for the right amount of time and then just thrown in a can. And some people are going to be like, this is going to be, you know, fudgy and get mad it isn't fudgy. And some people are going to be like, oh, it's too spiritous. But for me, because it leans into fudge without going there yeah. and still has beer things, I just keep being like, how'd they do it? And that's what gets me it's in trouble. It's 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 why boat beer exists, right? It's because how they oh do God. it with 9% IPAs Look at you. is exactly the same game I play with this. You know what I mean? How'd they do that? Why is it's this? It's a beautiful shoehorning in. Um, yeah. Cassie, I unwrapped it. Beer? You oh, okay. you it did? already? Right. Well, then tell yeah, us what sorry. it is. Yeah. Oh, is it? so oh, oh, have I broken the rules of the game? I'm sorry, guys. It no, is. Uh, usually we let we let yeah. Cass <laughs> Poor Brian Cass has been sitting oh, here. So oh, quietly. sorry. <laughs> no, but it's yours, Jess. Tell us what yeah. we're drinking. Oh, it is. Oh, I know what we're drinking. I'm yeah, it, it is barrel aged <laughs> narwhal from Sierra Nevada. So nice. Do they call it a stout or? A, my God, there's a fuck mm. ton of writing on this can. Right. Um. Oh, I was looking at the back. Sorry. Deep in our barrel room. Narwhal's reach. Narwhal. Uh, so they call it a stout. Yeah. Okay. Uh, stouts, malt flavors of dark chocolate and espresso. Enjoy this beast of a beer. It would be nice if they did this with the porter, though, considering that they discontinued the, you know, the porter itself. Um, it'd be, and mm -hmm. I think stout too. But it'd be nice if they if they brought that back a little bit. Um, hey Jess, because you follow this stuff, um. And and we're here to talk a little bit about journalism, maybe. Uh, well, we that was our intention. I know, and then as and then a we, podcast, and then we will lost on the, the children's menu at Bar A. <laughs> sorry, uh, sorry, sorry. That was all Hall. That wasn't even me. That's usually me. <laughs> there's there's you there's got to be at this point, and I haven't been back to Bar A in years. But for all of the people who are still sort of living their best Springsteen tragic song life, there is there like a daycare associated now with Bar A where it's like, <laughs> you know, mom and dad are gonna go try to relive some of their glory. You have not watching, only would I bet yeah. there is, I would bet you there's third generation children in there. 
the right? babysitters are my my yeah. dad was conceived by two 21 year olds at far a and i <laughs> and we had our baby this year come on when did they open 81 that's 81. completely possible there's three generations. 81 that place um, is 41 years old which is just so they could absolutely be on their second round of legal drinking children being born into the daycare at bar a good for you bar a yeah uh, congratulations <laughs> on all of your success um Jess, this is the time of year where we're in the last two weeks of December. We're going to start seeing, and this this happens even in the best of years, uh, people saying, okay, when the calendar changes to a new year, we're not going to continue on or business deals are, are done before the end of the year. Um, what are you seeing over the last couple of months and going into the next couple of weeks of what people might be seeing on their social media feeds of you know, hey, we've decided to partner with whoever, or hey, thanks for the memories. After 15 years, we're deciding to. Do you think 22 is going to make some impacts in that? In that, front? yeah, yeah, I do. Um, I think we're going to see a lot more of, of all of the above. Uh, I don't think M and A, M and A might slow down a little bit, especially because interest rates are higher. Yeah. But I'm, we keep hearing rumblings of stuff that's in the offing. So there's yeah. definitely stuff still coming. Same. And I mean, when I re-listened to your your chat with Zoe, it was right after the Monster Canarchy deal, which was like what, like a single digit day in January. So yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if we hear something uh, around that time frame uh, this coming January. Okay. But one thing I have noticed a lot lately, which is a bummer, is layoffs mm-hmm. and, um, and closures. You know, we've got – we've uh, – Zoe and I are, are working on like a, like a, just a roundup of closures that just keeps growing and growing and growing. And it's, it sucks, but 22, I think, you know, I think we all kind of knew this would happen when the government didn't renew the restaurant revitalization fund. You know, once that, that aid money wasn't coming, yeah. I think a lot of people realized it was going to be a lot harder to make things work. So we're seeing a good amount of that. And I'm sure you're in a lot of the same Facebook groups that I am. There's a lot of like anonymous, hey, want to sell my brewery. Yeah. And a lot of equipment for sale too. Tons of There's a ton of equipment for sale. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's not even Facebook groups. It's people who are reaching out to me saying like, hey, do you know anybody who dot, dot, dot? It's like, (laughs) it's like, sure, for 5% of the finder's fee, I'd be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can put you together with a lot of money. Yeah. Except for, you know, the ethics thing. Um, <laughs> like, you know, what kind of, what little tidbit blew my mind this year was like, we followed the modern times thing super closely, yep. uh, and all the way to, to the auction. And so what happened there? I don't know if you guys have talked about this on the pod, but modern I don't times, I know what you're talking about now. Oh boy. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll give you the quick elevator pitch yeah. version. Modern Times, super popular San Diego based brewery, uh, BA top 50 craft had eight tap rooms at one point. Uh, pretty reined in geographic footprint concentrated on the West Coast, but they came as far east as Texas. Did one of those uh, crowdfunding things in 2019 and valued yeah. themselves at $264 million. Yeah. Ooh, that's which, a nice like, valuation. Right. So that's what I'm worth, by the way, if anybody asks. Oh, excellent. That's what Carton's worth, too, if anybody asks. Just use that number. So if somebody offers me, <laughs> comes to me and says, hey, can you put me in touch with Augie? I want to buy a carton for $260 million. You're going to walk. Here's I will, the interesting I will, for thing. For $260 million, just... I will sell carton, and I'll give you 5% of that finder's oh, fee. Oh, fuck no. John Hall. Fuck John Hall. <laughs> Do you know how many cartons I could open for $260 million? I could have one in 49 states. I was going to say, I don't think you should open that many in New <laughs> no, Jersey. No, no. J- Jacob McKean will tell you. Uh not a great idea. Not or a great Jacob idea. McKean? So he was the founder of Modern Times. So oh, Jacob was probably like the the highest profile, most noteworthy person to resign in the immediate wake of Brianne Allen's rat magnet postings. Yes. And oh. when that happened, because they got called out for having a hostile workplace, uh, bullying, stuff like that. A couple other employees were one particular employee was accused of uh, inappropriate touching of either coworkers not or Jacob, guests, whatever. But, not Jacob, not yeah. Jacob, somebody else. Yeah. So when he resigned, I in my head was like, you know, like as weeks went by, I was like, I feel like he could have held on. But then they bring in an interim CEO and she starts d- digging and doing all of her due diligence. And then it comes out that they were like enormously financially insolvent. So right. I assume what, and I I never met Jacob, but I, I think it oh, probably lucky, just- Lucky, <laughs> yeah. 
I think it probably was just. Oh, that narwhal is in your liver. No, (laughs) oh no, 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 no. I'd say that's stone cold sober. I'd say that's stone cold sober. Yeah. Well, so I started my I started my brewbound job at like probably the most inconvenient time because it was like immediately pre-COVID. So there's a lot of people I haven't really met, but we can get into that later. So. Former CEO Jennifer Briggs starts digging and she realizes, you know, like they are like up Shit's Creek without a paddle. She makes a tough decision to close half their tap rooms. Um, and eventually they go into a court-ordered receivership. Uh, the receiver puts them up to auction. Maui is selected as a stocking horse bid. At, I want to say like seven million and change. Yep. Uh, then they get into a pretty huge wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. I got to say the ones of bikini time. blonde fame. Yeah. The number you said last was right? 264. Sure so, was my friend. Quick yeah. math. That's but Garrett Marrero and Scott Metzger hold on, who were at the top of seven yeah. less million. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's the stocking horse bid. Then yeah. there's a pretty but, spirited auction that gets as high as $21 million. That's good. Uh, that's he, yeah. Almost yeah. 10% of the fake value. <laughs> so, uh, the winning bidder that selected Brewery X out of Anaheim, they uh, eventually back out, which fucks modern times pretty hard because they were counting on that money coming through. Yeah. Is, to, this like, like fund a, is their this operations. Like, is this like a, a Twitter thing or is this uh, like, was this no. Elon Musk be like, I will buy you for this amount of money? No. Uh, psych. Uh, I don't I don't really know. I think no. it was. And like you, I'll send you guys the link later. Uh, Garrett and Jennifer spoke at our conference Brewbound Live two weeks ago and told like the whole backstory that's pretty wild mm-hmm. and uh so they back out uh maui is positioned as the backup bid and their backup bid was 15.3 million but after some more talking and and i'm not really sure what happened they ended up only selling for 10 million dollars yeah Fuck. so yeah those so days of is, you know thousand bucks a barrel billion dollar transaction 254 less million dollars mm-hmm it was right. a crazy story. Really John, I don't, I don't know if you've ever done any investing, but th- that's a sizable loss. Uh, yeah. I just want to translate this for yeah. the layperson. No, I'm, I'm, yeah. As somebody <laughs> in journalism, I like when you say investing. It's, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. My, my ramen stock, uh, of which yeah. I mean the amount that's in my cupboard right now, uh, is robust. So, is robust. Um, I'm, my, my portfolio between beef, chicken, and pork is diverse. And so, uh, Jess, you I'm, know I'm why we have to good. get you on, Jess, you know why we have to get you on is because before all our shenanigans, there were questions I wanted to ask you just to have some fun with. But now Oof. if I ask them, it'll be a whole nother hour show and we're already over time and we have another show to record. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. So, will you so come, will you come let's back, have you back? Can we have you back? In sure. January? Yeah. yeah. Like in a couple of weeks, because because there are wow. things like some some shit I think is shady, but I think it's shady because of the corner my perspective is from, you know what I mean? Like, like, for example, and please don't talk about it, let's save it. But like, you know, the minute the war in Ukraine was announced, BSG Mm. moves the cost of all malt 60% to be ready for the war and have never taken that down any, you know what I mean? So, So there were all these things that in 2022 that are also, that are giantly fucking little guys that just, you know what I mean? I'm not saying malt didn't end up moving 60%. I don't know. But there was this whole, like, we heard there's a war starting, so we're just going to make everything super expensive to be safe. Um, oh. And I'm wondering the the what your awareness is of those things and if you're seeing any of that conversation. You know, there's the same thing for pack text. There's the same thing for everything that we use in the inflationary nature but, you know, everybody talks about Exxon and mobile profiteering. And I, I just wonder, you know, what attention to that part of 22 happened. But like I said, if we start that now. Yeah. So please write nowhere. your term paper. So let's let's see. Let's <laughs> just do January that, 5th. Those are the things I meant to ask you about when you were coming on the show before we had so much fun. I felt like it would booby trap the place. But let's okay. let's put a pin in this now. Let's get you back, you know, first or second Sunday of January. And let's sure. pick up right. with that kind of shit. Yeah, um, let's talk about ball. Oh, yeah, yeah, let's talk ball. about ball canning. Let's, let's talk, talk about, about ball. Yeah. Let's talk yeah. about all that shit because it's all interesting to me. But the problem is when you're the guy who gets that email, all you do is shit your pants and try to figure out how to make things work. So you don't Maxwell's. have like a, a big, big, like big picture perspective of it, right? You're always seeing things from punching from your heels and you're never like, well, here's what really happened globally in similar products. And I feel like you've got 
some semblance of that perspective to to help me dial in my my thoughts on this shit. So let's put a pin in that. Um, why? So we don't end on that note, though, Cass. You have to have a letter, right? We what, don't. What the fuck? All are right. You so about? here's we what I'm going to say then. Without with, without the absence of the letter, beer journalism thrives and oh, can succeed. Yeah, and the other thing I wanted to ask you, Jess, what? is what you think of the new All About Beer magazine. Save I'm that so, for them, too. Oh, all right, cool. I say I'm so excited about it. Well, Save thank you it. for that. But what I was going to say is that the type of beer journalism that Jessa is doing, along with Kendall, along with Zoe, over at Brewbound, and I mentioned Chris Shepard earlier these days, mm-hmm. uh, earlier today, um, only succeeds through subscriptions, only succeeds when people subscribe. And there are very few places that charge for subscription uh, these days, but the ones that do are worth your money. So if you're a across the board, there's not one that's charging that doesn't deserve it. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) give, give give us some money over it all about, but you know, or or even um, here we're not, well, Cass is going to do his thing in a second, but that's Patreon versus an actual subscription for the daily email uh, for insight, for conferences, for et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, subscribe to Brewbound and what they're doing. Subscribe to Chris Shepard and what they're doing. Go to BYO Magazine and subscribe to what they're doing. There there are places that pay journalists to cover specific parts of the industry. And the only way that we can find out the story of modern times and Maui and everything else and all of the you know, Nielsen numbers and everything is if people are subscribing to what Jess and Kendall and Zoe are doing. So um, keep it up and thanks, John. Well, no, I mean it. It's yeah. I mean, so we had to go paywall uh, in 2020, which yeah. upset, upset I a mean, lot of people. I, I don't subscribe because but... I don't have the money, but other people. Oh, should. dude, no. we do. We do media subscriptions <laughs> all the time. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Oh, I was yeah. going to say, all right. no, we have one. It's fine. Oh, it's was... good. <laughs> um, John, yeah, one, keep... day I'm gonna te- one day I'm going to teach you what a joke is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, people waka. got people got so mad about it, and it was just like, I don't know what to tell Wait, you. Oh like, my fucking god! Okay, can can I interrupt this? Because again, we're getting to a point where this isn't a fun no, we tag ha- on we have to show. Jump in a minute. But you do have a history with the APP, so oh, I do. Yeah, he's very being, But instead yeah. of people, instead of talking about people being mad at you for putting up a paywall, let's rephrase this for your next episode of how much I fucking hate. I can get New York Times articles for nothing, and I have to pay to see the Asbury Park Press. Dude, All right, I, that's when a I was, fun way to frame. You getting the Times for free? That is great. Uh, well, they let you see like what ten? Yeah, for they free? let you see ten a month. Yeah, Asbury no. Park Press won't let you Gannett. check classified. You get no, nothing. Gannett. Gannett. <laughs> Actually, Dude, I, I'm pretty so... sure I signed a contract at some point that says I can't say anything bad about Gannett, so I'll just let everybody else. Do so it, just but, leave yeah. that up to um, me, and Jess. We got to, this. <laughs> when I was applying for my current job, I had reached out to be like, "Hey, like, I don't. I'm applying for a job in journalism again because I had a nine year break. I was at Boston Beer for a while." Was like, mm-hmm. all, we'll talk about you know, that too. Yeah. Well, we should talk yeah. about the last time we all hung out too. But I was like, well, you know, like when, when you mean doesn't when remember, I but yes. You mean when I introduced Sam Calagione and Cook? Uh, I mean, they met they met long before that. But talk yeah. about people that owe me five percent. Hey guys, let's sit down. <laughs> oh hey, let's get drunk. Oh hey, you guys agreed to three hundred and forty million dollars between the two of you and gave me not even a fucking utopias. Thanks. Oh, you should come down to the basement where Cass was the other oh, day. We got yeah, no, all I... the utopias. All right, all right so this is we have right, to jump. Found, Cass. We found the way out of this, but wait, we found the way out of this. Never put a picture of Cass on the Sealess Beer Facebook page again. It has got like ninety-seven thousand fucking likes, which means my pocket vibrates like ninety-seven thousand fucking times. And you, you know it. how Facebook swears they add value to the advertorial world by telling you how to promote your shit. All they do is wait till you make something that gets attention and then tell you they can get it more attention. This morning, I woke up to them being like, this would be a great post to push. And I was like, <laughs> fucking a picture of Cass and yes, fucking in Hall's, in basement. Hall's basement. Yeah. Fuck everybody. So no more sexy Cass pictures on the Facebook page. Oh, that's, what, sexy that's, Cash that's picture, where that went. I'm just seeing this now. The sexy Cass picture is destroying my week, man. It's every fucking time I turn around, I'm like, oh, my kids might need help. What nope, this somebody is? Somebody thinks Cass is pretty. Essentially, what this is, is <laughs> I'm on my Augie second beer too. Augie doesn't <laughs> like that the attention is not on him. So no. we're gonna do my that. attention is everywhere all the time. Hey, Brian Cass, do your thing because we're already we're so we're far over. 
Ah, uh, yes. Write, it, write us a letter. You know, just tell us about your favorite beer and why. Hell, that that that's oh, a good no, good homework no. task for you guys. No, you don't like that. Steal no, this beer podcast no, no, at gmail dot com. Um, Patreon dot com slash steal this beer. Thank you all the Patreons that kick us a couple bucks. They do go a long way. Uh, thank you so much. Follow us uh, on all the social medias at Steal This Beer and see what we are drinking on Untapped. I think I'm finally getting caught up on that. So, um, get at us, y'all. Yeah, all right. we'll see you get this at summer us, at Bar Thank you. And Jess, I'm not kidding you. Make sure you're with us early January. I will right, send get you Get at email. us, y'all. Thank you. Cheers.